Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the Over the Monster podcast, which will not be named the Over the Monster podcast for too much longer, but we will Spoiler get into alert. that. Spoiler alert. We should wait until we have another name before we, we should wait. make that announcement. Too late. I am Brian Joyner. I am here with Over the Monster site manager, Dan Secatore. Dan, it is February. It's the worst month. How are you? I am good. February is not the worst month. March is the worst month. First of all, that there is there is no question about this. It's not even close. Um, but I'm good. Feels like we haven't talked in a long time. Uh, we skipped last week. You had COVID. Um, you being the anti-vaxer that you are, so <laughs> glad to have you back. I uh, am not an anti-vaxer. I am also not on board with March being. They're the just worst waiting month. for Jaron Duran's vaccine to get get to production. Exactly. Uh, March has spring training baseball. I don't know if you know this. Spring February training baseball sucks. I all right. Spring training baseball. Uh, th- this is this is actually one of the things that makes March awful. Is that every year I get I get so excited for spring training. I really really do. I mean, I remember like you know we, we obviously in Massachusetts we had we had February break the the week of Patriots the week of Patriots Day. And that would very frequently coincide with like the first week of not necessarily full squad, but certainly the first week of all pitchers and catchers in Fort Myers. And then maybe sometime in the middle of that week, the squad would be there. And you know, you remember how, I don't even know if these shows still exist, but like how back in the day, like WBZ and NECN and all these shows had like sports shows from 1130 to 12 or whatever. You remember those? Yes. Yes. So yeah. So like that would be I, I could stay up a little later that week because I didn't have school. 
and I would, and they would all be broadcasting from Fort Myers. And I just loved that. I like, it was, it was my favorite week of the year, but then like the games would start. And again, I would be, I'd be so amped up for those first games. <laughs> and then inevitably like two innings later, I'm like, Oh, right. Spring training baseball sucks. This is awful. We're not even watching any of the starters. The games take five hours because there's a new pitcher every 10 pitches. It's just, it's awful. It's such a tease. It's such a tease. It's not real baseball. And now that's that, now that I'm older, like I've come to grips with the fact that like, oh, this is, this is awful. And I try to, you know, like, I try to do some negative visualization exercises and prepare myself for being let down by the tease that is spring training. So I agree. I would say March is disappointing in that way, especially because this is less true for you up in Boston, but at least down in New York, our big snowstorms now always happen in March. They don't happen until March. Mm, yeah, that so, and a March snow is awful too. It's the same. Like March is March's entire essence is a tease. You get a few sunny degrees, you know, a few sunny sixty degree days, and then it like snows three days later. Like it's, it's yeah, it's the February's same entire thing. essence is 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 it's hell you know okay but it's short hell <laughs> it's a short hell and you know what you know what you start to get a lot of in february you get a lot of light you get a lot of light that's something that i started noticing in in covid you know how that, that in lockdown like people were like oh i'm noticing things about nature that i didn't notice before for me one of the things i noticed being at home post covid was like i really it was really clear to me how and when the light changes and February, I noticed, was a big month for getting more sunlight. Do you know? Do you know what month gets more sunlight than February? <laughs> sure, spring it on me. It's, it's March. Okay, but I'm talking about the gains. And I think there's a stronger gain of light in February than March. Is my that's, guess. It's funny you mentioned that. My mom lives in Alaska for reasons that we won't get into. But I went the first time I went there. I went. You know, what must have been almost exactly halfway between the uh, solstice and the equinox, and the it was getting dark literally 15 minutes earlier every night. 15. That's insane. It, yeah. it wasn't like imperceptible. It was plain as day. It was wild. Yeah. That would drive you me know, absolutely nuts. You know, you know, in Fairbanks, they have a uh, midnight baseball game. Yeah, the Collegiate Summer League. Yeah, on the summer solstice. But apparently, Fairbanks, my mom says, is awful because the mosquitoes just destroy you. It's very far inland. It's just doesn't sound pleasant. No, it doesn't. That is, you, you know what though? It's I'm sure. Now that Major League Baseball has done the Field of Dreams game, I am sure their plans are to do one special game a year in all sorts of exotic locales. Um, that's something that should be on their list, like a super late night game in Alaska. I guess they won't do it because the TV ratings would be terrible <laughs> if the game the game would start at like what like three four a.m. East Coast time. Or actually, maybe they would be maybe it would start late enough that it would be a breakfast game on the East Coast. I don't know how how far behind is Alaska. It's five hours. I mean, look, they have the Japanese yeah. games. They've had them right. to start the season. Yeah. So if you so if they so if you start a game at midnight, it's five a.m. on the East Coast. People are waking up. For making their morning coffee, watching a game—that's—I mean—that's cool. That should sell. 
Rob Manfred, well, we know you're listening. Come talk to us. Yeah, you can uh, sponsor us if you want. Please. <laughs> Please do. And do uh, we want his blood money? Yes, we do. I don't know why. Yeah, question yeah. we'll take it. Uh, but we are a Red Sox podcast at times. And since we last spoke, the Red Sox have made some moves. The Red Sox, uh, as prophesied by Hyam Bloom himself, made a trade. They traded for Adelberto Adalberto Mondesi, Raul Mondesi's son, who plays mm-hmm. shortstop. And what a it's name! It's amazing. And I they want to also- pronounce it like it's Italian, Mondesi. They also traded Matt Barnes to the Marlins and received back Richard Blyer, who... Not a great name. (laughs) No. Opposite. One of the best names in baseball, one of the worst. And not one of the, not one of Aaron Judge's best friends. So we have that going for us. Wait, what's the beef between him and Judge? Last year, there was some pitch inside and there were words. Really? I did not know history. that. There's okay. Okay. So, I mean, I know. I mean, I saw the. I, I remember. You know, he was the dude who balked three times in in one at bat last year, and I remember him completely losing his shit that day. Um, so I know he's got an attitude on him. Although, obviously, anyone who got called for a balk three times in one at bat would lose their shit. Well, one nasty boy replaces another. Uh, what do you think about these moves, specifically the Mondesi move? Because that, I think, is ultimately more impactful. Yeah, I, I actually don't know that it's going to be more impactful. Um, so, it, first of all, I mean, the, the defining characteristic of Alberto Mondesi's career is, is that he's injured all the time. And we have already found out that he's not going to be he's pro- he's almost certainly not going to be ready for opening day. It sounds like with this with the, the knee surgery recovery, he's certainly not going to be ready for the start of spring training. Um, so I could see, uh, you know, it, it's he could be a, a, an absolutely brilliant pickup for a year or two. Um, you know, he's certainly someone again, like we talked about with Raymel Tapia. I mean, Montessi is fast as hell. So depending on how these rule changes change the running game, um, I mean, he could be a major pickup there. He's got a hell of a glove. But, I, you know, I don't know. I could see a scenario where Montessi, like it could be kind of like that Grady Sizemore season in Boston where, I mean, obviously Montessi never reached the heights that Grady Sizemore did. But still we're talking about, um, you know, a, a high pedigree guy, high toolsy, but always injured guy coming to Boston for a change of scenery. And Sizemore, I mean, how many games did he even end up playing for the Sox that year? He, he played like 20 games or so and then was hurt again. Like, I think Montessi could fall into that category where we barely see him, where Kike and Arroyo both do, you know, both do a really solid job and sort of take those middle infield positions um and run with them like I, I think that's possible i certainly think that's conceivable i wrote a piece for the site a couple of weeks ago um looking at kike's career splits and for whatever reason kike is a much 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 better hitter in the infield than he is in the outfield um and you know you would is there's probably some statistical noise there but at this point he's played like He's played like close to three years worth of games as an outfielder and like two and a half years worth of games as an infielder. 
Um, and it's pretty stark. Like he, it's, it's not close. It's not close. He's, he's a better hitter across the board. So if Kike starts the year hot and, you know, we know he's going to, we know he's going to play well defensively if he's hits. And if Christian Arroyo stays on the field, we know Christian Arroyo can hit well enough too. like, maybe, maybe we don't see a ton of modesty if he never quite gets healthy. Whereas Blyer, Blyer is probably now, I mean, he is the number one lefty out of the pen right now. So we're going to see him constantly. And, and I mean, he's an old guy, but, you know, he's, he's not a flamethrower. So hopefully there aren't any injury concerns with him. So we, we could end up seeing more Blyer than Mondesi. That makes sense. I, I think Mondesi is plainly the best defensive infielder they have. Correct? Oh, yeah. No question. So... Although Kike, I mean, I think, Kike is also like, I mean, I mean, he's not elite the way that Mondesi is, but Kike is going to be a very good glove at short, I think. You know who doesn't hit well when they play the infield? Adalberto Mondesi. <laughs> he doesn't hit well anywhere. No, he does not. But it does seem like this is a defensive speed move, and as we've talked about, seems to have been a lot of those. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I agree with you on Blyer. I just, in general, take any relief pitcher move with a giant grain of salt. But yeah, so we, you know, that is something we actually need to sort of think about because so much of what we're talking about when we're talking about the 2023 Red Sox is, is how much they've improved the bullpen. And it certainly seems like they have. But, like, we have to remember, like, relief pitchers are so, so volatile to begin with. And when you're talking about the three guys we're specifically bringing into the pen, Kenley Jansen, Chris Martin, and now Richard Blyer, like, they're not only relief pitchers, they're old-ass relief pitchers. They really are. And so it's, you know, on the one hand, on the one hand, look, if you if you can fix your bullpen, it's it's a cheap and quick way to, to really turn around a team in one off season. But man, you really can't rely on an improved bullpen. If that, like that, that can't be the thing that you improve most in your off season. And you just go into it baking that, well, all right, you know, we got a much stronger back of the pen. Now we're, we're you know, that we can tack on an extra five or six wins on the record just based on that alone. Cause it's so volatile. Who the hell knows what happens with these guys? You know, in uh, the NFL, offense can remain pretty consistent from year to year, but even elite defenses, it's sort of the same. There's a little bit of alchemy involved, and it's hard to maintain a steady defensive level from year to year. But at the same time, it is possible to get really good in one off season. And so I think that the bullpen mechanics here could work out really well. It is possible that this works out, but at the same time, it is inherently unstable. And that's why, Yeah, yeah. I mean, and we also traded Matt Barnes to get Blyer. It's, it's, mm. I mean, I get it. Blyer's a lefty, so I get it, but it's it's a lot of guessing. Yeah, and uh, we're also taking Whitlock out of the bullpen too, which is something that I think when we just when we when we look at the bullpen additions and just say okay, clear upgrades, 
we sort of forget to factor in the fact that we're we're removing our best reliever from last year from last year's pen um which again it's it's absolutely the, absolutely the right move if he's a guy who can be a a number three starter or better than he then you need to give him every chance to to do that um but it is something to think about when you talk about the bullpen we are removing our best reliever last year and may, maybe arguably you know matt strom was was effective too um depending on where you want to put tanner hauk who you know missed plenty of time for various reasons last year matt strom was arguably our second best reliever <laughs> So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I, I love it on paper, but you just you just never know with a bullpen. I am begrudgingly starting to get excited about these socks, though. So <laughs> it's that it's, it's February. There's more sunlight. You you don't even know why you're happier. That's why you're happier because it's February. But no, you're I'm right. Happy. I mean, it's exciting. It I'm is happier exciting. because we're pretty much over the bridge. I'd say there's a little bit more left to go as I wrote a piece right before I got sick about how High and Bloom said at the winter wonderland, whatever winter weekend event that, you know, we can't do a five-year rebuild in Boston. You won't accept that. And what I heard was we're doing a five-year rebuild and we can't say it. Yeah. And well, I guess about the, the more, the, the more charitable reading of what he said would be that he meant, he meant a five-year tank job he meant you know what the cubs and the astros did that's the more charitable reading and that's true they have not tanked outside of 2020 but they're also certainly not trying to win the world series this year they did finish in last place last year they finished in last place but i mean they were what eighth overall in the american league i mean calling it a last place team is a little misleading it was a last place team in the strongest division in baseball it would, I think they would have been third in the AL Central or something like that. That's, that's fine. But in two out of the three years, they finished in last place. Yes. Now, obviously, that, again, true. we've talked. And I mean, the whole thing with Bloom is, oh, I think this organization is in a better place than it was in 2019. So, oh, I took over an 84-win team. Yeah, that was one year, man. It was yeah, one year. It was, it was an 84-win team that was a couple. That, I think the Pythagorean team was like 87 wins. And then they, the the and the two thousand and the twenty twenty one team was what like they were like eighty seven or eighty eight wins too I think right the problem I have with their explanations that they all contradict each other in that we talked about one eighty four win team as. And as as an excuse we, to we, we can pause, we can pause and restart it's fine. or not restart but no it's fine uh my son what's my, going on my sam son, my son had to come home from school today and is begging me to play something in the legend of zelda breath of the wild while me mugging dan on the feed what does he think of richard blyer what do you think of richard blyer oh well can you just help me well the what the fire wizard wolf saw me uh, not now, Sam. I'll do it later. Okay. So after you done talking, after I'm done talking, yes. So I just have not found their explanations consistent, except for 
it all fits into a five-year rebuild. And yes, maybe not as harsh as the Astros and Cubs, but I feel like that is a little bit of a moving the ball around. Plainly, the team could compete this year, and plainly, they will compete next year, I think. So that's why, actually, it is getting a little brighter this February. Yes, Sam. Can you give me a pencil? I can give you a marker. Okay. There you go. Dan, go ahead. <laughs> we totally can take breaks and restart. That's how the editing process works. Right? I don't know how to do that. <laughs> so I have confirmation now that you did not uh, read my article on Kike Hernandez. Um, I didn't say that. Yeah, well, I, you just said it, my friend. <laughs> What did I say? <laughs> you want to pull it up right now and read the first paragraph? I do. I thought I did read it, honestly. <laughs> I will. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll link it to you here. Look, we could argue for hours over whether, <laughs> whether I read the article. Or not. Yeah, for those for those of you listening who haven't read the article, the first uh, the first word is Brian, and the second word is Joiner. And it ends uh, let, let me read it. <laughs> Brian Joiner, the deputy editor of this website and my podcast partner, does not know that I know how to edit a podcast. This is a deliberate omission on my part. I do not want Brian to know that I know how to edit a podcast because I do not want to edit podcasts. I'm going to stop there. Neither do I. So let's just keep going. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll continue. Um, all right, where are we? Well, is there Flyer, anything you want? Barnes. I I mean, I'm not. This is I'm, what not I, I'm not chaffed about losing Barnes. I, I, you know, people are people are looking for reasons to be angry right now. Matt Barnes was pretty good for 20 innings at the end of last year. Like, hooray! Yay! <laughs> Let's. Come on, that's like he's a he's a aging middle reliever who's been incredibly inconsistent for three years. Like it's okay to trade him for another aging middle reliever and and hope that this one's a, a little bit better fit for the team. I agree with that, and I think that anyone who's worried about not seeing Matt Barnes uh, needs to study up on the history of local boys who played for the Red Sox and what they do when they're done playing, because almost certain, because almost all of them end up coming back. To work that is around true. the team in some yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I forgot he. I forgot he is a Connecticut guy. That's correct. So if, he. Uh, yeah, he should be in a in an alternate universe. He'd be getting ready to suit up for the New England national team for the WBC right now. Yes, he'd be the closer in the uh, in the infinite jest universe to get back to our hipster books, <laughs> where I believe New England is an independent country. In that, uh, it no, it's not no, independent. It's with Canada, it's with Canada. There's, uh, I think, the northern part of New England is with Canada, but right. Boston is still in the United States. They're being overrun by feral hamsters. Yes. Why? 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 Sam uh, has handed can me a note saying, you can you give me the tower? In <laughs> the Legend go of get him the tower. Can you give the 
the tower. This is probably a good time for our ad break or not ad break, where I will get Sam the tower. Get him the tower. And then we will come back. The boy needs a tower. I don't know what it means, but it sounds important. Get that tower, Sam. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And we're back. I've gotten the Woodland Tower for my son, Sam, in The Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild. Good job. Great. Thank you. That's some great parenting there. It's great parenting. I actually told someone the other day, uh, you know, how Sam wants me to play video games with them. And uh, my point is, no, I, I got the video game system to be a bad father and not pay attention to you <laughs> not to bond with you over playing it that defeats the purpose it's true so, it does yeah yeah so let's have some fun we in this cold and lonely but brightening month of february are going to pick the red sox players we'd like to hang with and what we would like to do with them this was this was one of your segments i think when we drafted new segments for the show um, I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't remember exactly what you said, but I remember you saying something like this and me saying we should make an actual episode of this. So here we are. I'll take credit for it. Look, I'm getting towers. I'm coming up with segments. I would say I get to draft first because of that, but I'm gonna let you draft <laughs> first because uh, we agreed. We talked beforehand. We didn't even mention the player's name. But the number one player you'd want to hang out with, I think, is plainly obvious. It's just a matter of what you'd like to do. So, Dan. Do you, you want to say it for me? Should we, should we do one, two, three and say it at the same time? Sure. Okay. Well, hold on. Do we want to use his name or his full name? Full name. Okay. One. One, two, two three. Three. Richard Blyer. Richard Hernandez. <laughs> That's, That's what I meant. I meant. I meant Richard Blyer. Go ahead. Yeah, no, it is, it is obviously Kike Hernandez. There's no question about that. Um, but so, yeah, so as, as we discussed before, that, Sorry, he's going to be everyone's water. number one pick. <laughs> he's going to be everyone's number one pick. Um, but the question is what to do with him. Um, now, I have a question that I think is a good question for you specifically, um, because not not to dox you, but I know you grew up on the vineyard. Um, that's not doxing i'm proud of that okay okay fair all right well, hold on hold on <laughs> yeah i got older on the vineyard i'm not sure i have grown up yet but okay okay all right Wait, nice caveat there um now i grew up in southeastern mass um not on the coast but like close enough to buzzards bay and close enough to the cape that i spent plenty of time like on the beaches and on the water in the summertime and at the Silver City Galleria. Which and at the Silver City Galleria. Yep. Taco Bell and Bertucci's. Worked at both of them. Um, 
So anyway, so I get a little defensive when it comes to the reputation of New England beaches. And I'm and I wonder if this happens to you too, because I feel like a lot of people who aren't that familiar with New England just picture all of this as a cold, icy, barren place in like an Edith Wharton novel. And they don't realize that we actually do have some outstanding beaches. And whenever I hear somebody from like the mid-Atlantic or Florida, like crashing our beaches, I get defensive about it. Um, does that ever happen to you being a vineyard guy? Yes. Yes. Especially living in New York where when people go to beaches in the city or just outside the city, mm-hmm. to me, unless you go far out on Long Island, it's not a beach worth going to unless you're going to Coney Island, which you're going to a, for a whole different reason. Coney Island is so much fun. You're right. The beach itself is not. But the boardwalk and amusement park is. Um, Fort Tilden is great. We don't need to make this a New York beach podcast. But Fort Tilden is a great beach. I, I will defend that. Um, I, I'm, I'm not even going to go that far. It's an acceptable beach. Okay. My standards uh, might be a little bit higher than yours. They probably are. Reason. They probably are. Yeah, that's true. It, no, you look, you're right. It's not as, it's not as good as pretty much anything on the vineyard. Um, but it's at least it's, it, I mean, it's got dunes and, and wavy grass and, you know, and it's not overcrowded. It's not overbuilt. So it's like a little new Englandy in that sense. The keys um, to a good beach are to me, ocean beach, as you said, yeah, obviously. Dunes, not overcrowded, no jellyfish within reason. Like, because yeah. there are some beaches over here where there are lots of jellyfish. And mm. then uh, not, uh, and this is fine usually on ocean beaches, on sound beaches or anything else. Not a lot of rocks right when you go in because then yeah. you can't step. Yeah. So to me, those are the, the main factors. Yeah, those By are the good way, factors. I mentioned Grover Cleveland before that I read a book on him. Did you? Like, when did you mention Grover Cleveland? I read a book. It was my recommendation. I read oh, a book on Grover Cleveland. Okay, so not today. He, okay. Yeah. No, he, uh, what I learned was his like retreat home for decades when he, before he was president, after he was president, was in Buzzards Bay. Marion, Massachusetts. Spent all his time there. Yeah, it was Marion, Massachusetts, which is where my grandparents growing up um, had a had like a little cottage in Marion. Um, so, yeah, I, I went there all the time, all the time. It's beautiful. Um, so anyway, so getting back to the purpose of why I asked this question. So, like I said, so I get defensive and I get worried. I, I, I worry when people who who come from a great beach place come to New England and don't know where to go. And maybe go to like Revere Beach or something and think that's all we have to offer. So the reason why I bring this up is because I have a very specific memory. Kike Hernandez, obviously, one of the reasons why he's a great hang is because he's, he's extremely active on social media. And you can and he shows his personality. You can tell he's fun. I remember in 2021, <clears throat> during the All-Star break, he posted a bunch of pictures from the Chatham Bars Inn out on the Cape. Um, you know, beautiful, swanky spot. Makes sense for a guy like him and, and his uh, actress model wife to go out to Chatham. Um, but what, what struck me and what really worried me about this at the time was that that weekend, or I guess it wasn't the weekend, it was the middle of the week, it was the all-star break. It was like freezing cold. <laughs> it was like 60 degrees in the middle of July. And I remember seeing and being like, shit, Kike Hernandez is from Puerto Rico. This is, his prob- this is probably his first New England beach. 
he goes out to the Cape and it's just like awful weather. It's like 60 degrees and rainy in the middle of July. So I'm worried that Kike doesn't think we have good beaches. So I'm going to take him back out to the beach. One of these summer weekends, nice 80 degree day. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking for Kike, go all the way out to the outer Cape and go to P-Town. What do you think? I think Kike would be a blast at P-Town. I, I, yeah. I mean, he would be, he would like quickly become the mayor of the, of the entire town. I think. If I like that there, a lot. If he was there for like four hours. My vineyard provincialism will not allow me to go over the vineyard uh, southern beaches, which are all two. Uh, I mean, it's all one coastline, but mm -hmm. different, just different access points. And it's significantly it's warmer. The water is significantly warmer. It's, uh, but I, I, Kike in P-Town is inspired. Yeah, I my, yep. I my I won't pick him for my first one, but my thing was similar but different. It was just hanging out with him in New York City, and just say like, "Hey, man, what do you want to do?" Because that dude <laughs> gets along with everyone, mm -hmm. has fun. I want to do this. I want to do that. Coney Island. I, I was just Kike. I was just gonna say like, take Kike Hernandez to Coney Island, and that's a that's a fucking amazing afternoon. But I mean, kudos to him for. Just being the obvious choice, number one of who you'd want to hang out with. Mm -hmm. no as I go, as I go through this, I don't know how much I would actually want to do these things. It's more like I would like to do things with these people more than I would like to do things with other people. And I don't know how much fun it would be, but it could be advantageous. I will go next though, and it's in a similar vein uh, to Tip Town specifically. Uh, Tristan Casas has a special mind. He does. I would like to unlock it using the power of shrooms. I don't <laughs> you even think like he's already done shrooms. I don't even like shrooms, but I think that he he. I don't know why have, you think he hasn't already done it. I don't. Th it doesn't matter if he has. It's better than it won't be weird. He'll be like, I know what to expect. Mm -hmm. He. That boy thinks crazy, and I love it. I, I am loving this guy. He is lean. Like, when have we ever had a Red Sox rookie before? Like, baseball is especially, it's like, it's so staid, and the rookies are always, you know, they, they're keeping their heads down. They're keeping quiet. Have we ever had a Red Sox rookie like this before who's just like, I'm I'm coming out here. Like, I'm I'm going to, I'm I'm going to be a star. I'm going to be a big personality. I am making myself famous right now. I I mean, I don't know what Bill Lee was like as a rookie. Oh, uh, good point. <laughs> I actually just good. saw that, that's Lee's that's book. your hang your hangout is you and Tristan Casas go up to Bill Lee's farm in Vermont. That's the I, thing. You oh, are God correct. Damn. That is that exactly is... right. Oh. Well, and I just saw an, I literally on Instagram on those reels, I saw a Bill Lee video where he's Talking pitching, of course, he's wearing a Soviet Union hat. This is from mm -hmm. from when he was playing, and they could talk. They can be on their intoxicant of choice, even if it's just water. That's fine, which is not an intoxicant. Intoxicant, unless you're Tom Brady, probably he thinks it's you know <laughs> unclean or something. Carbonated water. That's how he gets right. Drunk. Exactly. Yeah, but you agree with that. So anyhow. <laughs> Get them to talk hitting and pitching. Oh my god, 
Mm-hmm. Oh my God, damn! And 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 Trist, what does Tristan need to do to work on his game? He needs to work on hitting lefties. Bill Lee is, still pitches. This like, is oh God, we this needs to happen. We need to start a GoFundMe. Do we need a GoFundMe? I guess it's not that expensive to drive up to Vermont and put no. This let's together. let's let's make it. Let's make it a little bit more expensive and then, you know, just pad the wallets a little bit. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. But no, yeah, we need to get this out there. We need to, I'll, I'll reach out to his team, see if he wants to bring on a, bring a camera crew, Tristan Casas road trip to Bill Lee's farm in Vermont. I got to say that winter weekend was so weird because it started so poorly, yeah. except for Casas was like a superstar there. Yep. Then the next morning, Trevor's story's got this cast on, and it's like, yeah, he may be able to play. What is yeah. going on? But it then, weekend. but then Pedro and Poppy show up, yeah, and it's all, all is forgotten, right? Yeah. I was, I was curious. So I, I gotta think. Did, did the players, like, did they watch the town hall, or do you think was the team smart enough to know it was going to be bad, and did they like sequester them in a room? They couldn't hear what was going on <laughs> because you're right. The, the players they, seemed so. I don't think they care. You don't think you don't think, I don't they, think care they care at all. At all. Yeah, I think Cora is Cora is a good stand-in for the players. Cora didn't say anything. Yeah, they got traction because this wasn't his party. Like it, they're not mad at Alex Cora. They like right. Alex Cora. The fans. Right. I like Alex Cora, and it's really. Look, when Carabas asked, is Fenway or is are the Red Sox still a priority? And they asked John Henry, and Sam Kennedy answered with a bunch of gobbledygook. I know. That in a nutshell is why people are mad. Yeah. Among, the fact that Henry the fact that Henry couldn't even respond to that. I mean, dude. As and, I wrote, I understand you put a lot of time into it, but it seems there's all these lies and obfuscations over what is plainly happening. Yeah. And, and, and that's what everyone is mad about. And I'll go even further and say, you know what? Like, if, first of all, as we've discussed before, there, there is, it is simply impossible for the Red Sox to be as important to John Henry right now as they were when he bought the team in 2002, because that is all he was doing in 2002. He is now the head of a global sports and media empire. So there's no way they're the same. It's the same level of priority. But you know what? I think that's probably fine. Like I don't, you know, I don't want. Nobody wants an owner who's in every goddamn meeting with the baseball ops people. Nobody wants that. So like, it's totally fine for if John Henry has other things going on, as long as the the principal strategy remains the same. You know, so I I don't. It doesn't even bother me that much that it's almost certainly not as much a priority as it used to be. But the fact that he didn't even respond to that question is, I mean, what's going through his mind there where he thinks that's a good idea to not even say anything. I just think, look, Sam Kennedy is Smithers or whatever you, he's the yes man. He will say every time, you know, we won four World Series. They'll put our track record against anyone, but in the same breath say, oh, we're not focused on looking backward. Well, it sounds like you are. Yeah. We just want the Red Sox to be good. They may be good. I am generally over it because for three years I wasn't, and it sucked. But you know what? 
as you said, February, the light is coming out. The light is coming out. We're moving forward. Speaking of moving forward, your second pick. Go ahead. All right. So I, I will jump on the February March discussion, and I, it, you know we we brushed over this, but of course March Madness is wonderful, although it's not as good as it was in the past for numerous reasons. Um, March Madness is wonderful, and I love the World Baseball Classic. I mean, I absolutely love the World Baseball Classic. Um, and my old Boston neighborhood is Roslindale, Massachusetts. And I would walk down Washington Street. Roslindale has, and Washington Street in particular, has a pretty strong Dominican community. And there are a lot of Dominican barbershops and shops there. And, you know, I would always walk by some of the barbershops and they would have, you know, in the wintertime, they'd have the Dominican Winter League on TV or they'd have the Caribbean series. And I was always tempted to be like, to, I, I was just like, one day I was like, I want to just hop into one of those barbershops and be like, Hey guys, can I watch the game? <laughs> is, that, is that cool? But I never did it because obviously that's awkward as hell. Um, and I don't even speak Spanish and I'm not just going to go into a barbershop and be like, Hey, can I watch this game on, on Vivo? Um, so I don't think I could do that myself, but I do think I could do it if I was with Raphael Devers. So for my next pick, I'm going to go with, I want to hang with Raphael Devers. I want to take Raphael Devers to Roslindale. We'll make our first stop off at Las Palmas on Washington, which is a great spot for, for empanadas. We'll, we'll get a bunch of empanadas. We'll take them to the barbershop during the WBC. And like I said, I couldn't do this on my own, but if I show up with Raphael Devers and a bunch of empanadas, I'm watching the WBC there. I think that's a great hang. Now, again, since I don't speak Spanish, I think I would immediately become secondary to the whole experience, but it'd still be fun. Me and Raphael Devers hanging out in Roslindale watching WBC. Well, you stole another one of my players. I was just going to take Raphael Devers to an arcade because it just oh. seems like very <laughs> much his thing. Yeah, but uh, it does. I, I don't know if I've mentioned this. I went to the first semifinals and finals of the World Baseball Classic. Oh, really? Yes. Was that in L.A.? It was in San Diego. San Diego. And one of the best baseball games I've ever been to, and maybe the most pure, fun baseball experience I've ever had, was the Korea-Japan semifinal game. Oh, God, I was just going to say that. Yes, that was such a great game. So that was the game. Well, through seven innings, and then Japan blew them away, and there was a rain delay, so we left because it was San Diego. It was raining. It was like, okay, we can leave. But because it was like five, seven, nothing. It was zero. The crowd, mostly the Korean fans, honestly, they had these uh, synchronized chants they were doing. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. And Korea had beaten them twice, I believe, in the prelims. And Ichiro said to the team before the game to pump them up, he's like, let's make them not want to play us for 50 years. For 50, yeah. I mean, those are two countries that hate each other, that really really hate each other and it was it was such a fantastic experience Uh, i also went to the first rounds the next world baseball classic where another wild thing happened it was venezuela i don't remember who they're playing it might have been the netherlands so this is the time hugo chavez was in power and Maglio Ordonez and Miguel Cabrera were both on the team. Yep, I remember this too. 
the Venezuela fans, because Maglio was pro Chavez. Yeah. And obviously all the Venezuela fans who are in the crowd are expats, many of whom they left the country. Booed them. Of yeah. They booed him every single time he was on the field, every single time he was at bat. Miguel Cabrera tried to get them to stop. Miguel Cabrera was not pro Chavez, or at least was. He got, the, and they were batting back to back. That's the crazy part. Maglio was batting third. Michael Cabrera was batting fourth, I believe. So there'd be these profound boos. And if Maglio got out, huge cheers followed to huge cheers from Miguel Cabrera coming in. And then I believe they had to take, they took Maglio out of the game mm -hmm. because it was so, it was, it's the only thing I remember about the game, honestly. Yeah. Um, Venezuelan fans are not, so did, did you, are you familiar with what happened to Acuna in the Winter League this year? No. So it's, uh, Venezuelan fans apparently are not shy to get on their own stars for various reasons. Um, so Acuna played in the Winter League this year. Um, he uh, he he was involved in. I mean, the the the, the two teams in the Caracas region are the the biggest rivalry in Venezuela. Um, so he was playing in a rivalry game. And I guess, so Acuna announced that he's not going to play for Venezuela, for the WBC. So apparently he's been getting a ton of shit for all season in the, in, in the winter league for this decision from, from his, his native fans. Um, and if, I mean, you must've seen the walk, it wasn't a walk-off. It was actually in like the fourth or fifth inning. If, if you have not seen the highlight, just go to Twitter right now and, and just type in like Acuna Venezuela home run. Um, he hit a home run. I mean, it was an absolute monster home run. It, the, the ball actually kind of like moved in a way that I've never kind of seen a ball arc before. It just kept going up and up and up. And he pimped the shit out of it. Oh, um, I did see it. I didn't know the history of it, but yeah. Uh, I, and, and it was in, and it was in the opposing ballpark. And apparently his family in this, like there was his family was in the stands and kind of a little bit of a brawl broke out between the fans and his family. And it was the combination of one, his decision not to play in the WBC and then two, obviously hitting this home run and pimping the shit out of it in a rivalry game. Um, and then, so he actually, he ended up leaving. He, he left that game early and then announced that he was retiring from the Venezuelan winter league that day. That was the last, that was the last game he's played in it. Um, so yeah, man, they're, uh, they're not afraid to, to voice their opinion. I would really like him to win the MVP this year. That would be great. Wouldn't it? I do love, I love me some Acuna. He's fantastic. Well, so you stole Devers. I'll have to scratch him off. You gave me, the, uh, I mean, you can go, well, I guess you already did the arcade thing. You already spoiled it. So yeah, you can do the same player in, in a round and just do a different hang scenario. Okay, I maybe I maybe I'm, I'm drying up here. So this one is uh, more a financially advantageous hang. What I want to do is take Corey Kluber to Las Vegas, give him all my money, and just sit him at a poker table. <laughs> that's that's a good one. That is a really good one. Um, you don't you don't want to just go spend uh, an afternoon in Winchester, Massachusetts with him where he lives in the off season for some godforsaken reason. I kind of think that I would get along with Corey Kluber really well. Yeah. Uh, he's a good old boy. He's a real, he's a real Southern. 
He's from okay, like Birmingham. Maybe. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, that is good. That is, I mean, you don't even have to take him to Vegas. We got casinos here now. So if he, he lives in Winchester, you just take an Uber to the Encore. And, you know, it's, I mean, it's not as fun as Vegas. Chelsea, Chelsea Massachusetts, famously not as fun as Las Vegas, Nevada. But uh, yeah, Kluber at the poker table. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, speaking of the good old boys one, I didn't think this would be fun. It would just be chaotic. I was going to say, I'd take Ryan Brazier to a DSA meeting. Um, <laughs> but I decided against that because I don't want to be accessory to murder. So It's that possible would... that he's just literally never heard any of the actual ideas <laughs> that, that would, be, would be bandied about in a DSA meeting. And so he would go there and be like, oh, that makes sense. It's possible. Well, I'm not going to find out. Okay. All right, you can go next. Um, all right, my next one. So I'm actually going to piggyback on your last story about the WBC. Um, I'm going to hang out with Rob Refsnyder. Uh, now, this information is maybe dated, um, but I'll go for it anyway. So Refsnyder was born in Korea, um, but then was adopted as an infant and grew up in California. Uh, I found an article, like I said, at, at this point, it's a six-year-old article. Um, where he said he still hasn't been back to Korea and it's, and it's a thing he wants to, it's one of the things he wants to do most in his, in his life is go back and experience Korean culture and, and try and learn the language. Um, I have been to Korea. In fact, I've been to a Korean baseball game in Busan in South Korea, which is an amazing city, which is a great beach city in and, in and of itself. Um, I went to a game in 20, 2009, I guess this was. Uh, Lotte Giants game. I, I was there on a work trip and none of my coworkers cared at all or had any interest. So I went by myself and I just sat down. So in Korea, in Korea, the way the stadiums are set up, um, you just buy a ticket to a section and the sections are fenced off. So you can't even walk around the ballpark. You buy a ticket to a section, but then it's general admission. So I bought a ticket and I just saw, you know, there were, there were three, there are three Koreans who look to be about in their twenties. So I was like, I'll, I'll just go. There was an empty seat next to them. Went and sat next to them. Um, and what happens is, is the, the woman next to me immediately reaches down to a cooler, which you're allowed to bring to a Korean baseball game. She reaches down to a cooler. She pulls out a bottle of soju and pours me a shot and just hands it to me. As soon as I sat down to watch the game, she didn't speak a word of English. I didn't speak a word of Korean, but she immediately just welcome. Here's a shot. I took the shot for the rest of the, the next nine innings were unquestionably the most fun baseball experience I have ever had. Like you said, they are, they're actually louder than Japanese. Like we always, you know, we see the Japanese fans and we think they're the loudest, but Japanese fans only chant when their team is at bat. They actually don't chant where their team is pitching. Korean fans do it on both sides of the ball. And they have special songs <clears throat> for every player. Kareem Garcia was playing right fields, and he was a massive who, fan who, favorite. Who, who is Kareem Garcia? Kareem Garashea, as they announced him um, on the PA. Uh, Lee De Ho was was playing first base before he came over to the Mariners, and, and he I think he hit a bomb. I don't quite remember. Um, but it was just so much fun. I've been talking about it ever since. I don't. I will never go to another baseball game that's more fun than that. Um, and so I'm taking Rob Refsnyder. We're going to Busan. We're going to a Lotte Giants game. We're having a blast. 
That's that's a great one. I have a similar one in a similar vein, but it's not nearly as inspired. I'm already going to grant you win this one, if only because the the way you uh, upgraded my Cassus Billy idea or Cassus idea <laughs> Billy is unbelievable. Uh, but I was just going to take Yoshida to like I was going to be like, yo, let's go to a Japanese restaurant, but you. You're in charge. Yeah. You're in charge. Yeah. Also, I just want to pick your brain about stuff. Let's let's talk about different good. You're brand new. Like this is it. This is a nice opportunity. You can talk to me, but also get me the real stuff, man. Get me the no, we could go to it could be a ramen place, it could be Masa in New York City, it could be anything. But what I want is just let's let's get real because also, like you, you know, let's let's uh maybe we do a home and home and I take him to the vineyard shake shack yeah i don't know uh he did you see the video that was circulating on twitter yesterday of him taking some cuts oh i didn't no so yeah he, he's taking some cuts and i mean he's hitting lasers for sure and people are getting a little too excited about it because there isn't a single major leaguer who if he was just taking cuts at, at 70 mile an hour batting practice fastballs wouldn't be hitting lasers all over the field uh, uh, we just traded for Adalberto Mondesi, so I don't know. If <laughs> oh, no, no, wait a minute. We didn't get into this. Mondesi has some serious power. Yeah. He can't. He doesn't make contact, but he's got some serious, serious power. He once hit 14 home runs in 75 games. Um, so, like, no, he absolutely can 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 kill the ball. Um, but the big thing about the Yoshida video is not just the, not the contact he was making, but he was wearing shorts and. Dude, his legs and calves, like he looks like a hockey player with those calves. He's got some serious, serious lower body strength. So again, I mean, he's a short dude, but maybe his power really will translate. I am Yoshida pilled. I'm absolutely Yoshida pilled. So, so I want to hang with the guy. I, I mean, look, I'd love to go to Japan, but he's here now. So yeah, I can't do that. Uh, You know what? Maybe bring Yuke with us. I think that's perfect. You can translate if he if he speaks Japanese. I don't know. Why but I want to bring him in anyway. speaks Japanese. He played in Japan. Oh, he did. You're right. And he and he played in Japan. He is the first player I can ever remember who said, "I want to play in Japan because I want to go experience a different culture, and this is how I can do it." Yeah. Well, Andrew and Jones kind of did too, right? I mean, he sure. He went over there very willingly and excitedly, and he's been over there for like three or four years now, I think. Sure. So I think that this is yeah. – I also think it's part of the same makeup that makes him a good announcer. He's yeah. curious. He's in, yeah. So I think, yeah, let's bring you – I really Yoshida. would – this is something that I've wanted for a while. I would love to see the player movement between Japan and, and Major League Baseball be a little more equitable. I would like to see and, – and there are lots of reasons why. It's, it's actually – it's kind of – it's actually Japan's fault. That it's not because they have um, the the Japanese league limits the number of foreign players each team can have, um, but I think it would be a lot more fun if if there was a little bit more player movement going in both directions. And you know why doesn't why can't I mean all these teams are owned by all the Japanese teams are owned by massive corporations. Like I would love to see one of these teams one day just say like fuck it, we're going crazy and get in on a free agent bidding war for like a for like an all-star player in his prime and just splash some serious cash around and say, come to Japan for a year and just ball out. That, like, I, think his prime, I think his prime is a little bit 
harder of a sell, but like, look, the ethics of it aside, Cristiano Ronaldo just signed to play in Saudi Arabia <laughs> yeah. for all the money, yeah. for all the money. So what if it was someone like, he wouldn't want to do it, but like Max Scherzer, someone older, mm-hmm. someone. Well, that or, that is kind of what, like, I feel like, I feel like Adam Jones still, I think I said Andrew Jones before I meant Adam Jones. Like, I think Adam Jones, like Adam Jones wasn't completely washed out when he went over. I think he could have probably gotten on a team somewhere. Um, so like he's kind of the closest comparison we've had to a guy who's, you know, a big major league name and chose to go to Japan when he maybe had other options. But it, it would be fun if that was if that was a part of the offseason every year. Every now and again, a few Japanese teams like really trying to lure some legitimate players over. And the and the better you are, the uh rewards are just exponentially higher. Like take basketball. Stefan Marbury is a god in China. Yeah, good point. Yep, absolutely. And he was, you know, he's a good basketball player. Not great, but he was very good. And then he mm. went over there. He, speaking of Coney Island, look at us. Look at us wrapping this Going full circle, up. yeah. He's, uh, he's an interesting case. But I think that the mechanics of it play play the same. And not just going there like Manny went to Taiwan because you get busted for steroids but like yeah but going over there because you want to go over there yeah and in a lot of ways i mean look they're still japanese players are still making millions of dollars the contracts are not even close to what they are in the big leagues but they're still millionaires they you know they uh they're they're in a exciting teams are are there's like seven teams in the tokyo region and a lot of times they're just traveling by train. Like, you know, you can, I feel like Japanese teams are missing out on an opportunity to, to, to sell themselves more to big leaguers. You know, the Tokyo region in Japanese baseball and the uh, London region in soccer show what the New York region should be like. Should, yeah. In yeah, major if league it wasn't, baseball. If, if it wasn't a government protected monopoly, you mean? <laughs> yeah. Because Wouldn't it's. That be, the, that would be sure. fun if there were like three or four more teams in New York City. I'd settle just for the Do- Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah. Man, what if they never left? What a different world that would be. Well, then we could see Mookie in Brooklyn. It'd be much easier. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, you're up. All right, my next one. So I'm going to go into some, some on-field considerations here. Kenley Jansen who we briefly discussed at the top of the pod, new pitcher, Kenley Jansen. Um, I don't know how much of an actual concern this is or whether this is one of those things that's just, it's the off season and people need to talk about something. Um, but Kenley Jansen, new Red Sox closer has historically been one of the absolute slowest pitchers in major league baseball. And so there is a little bit of concern of how is he going to navigate the pitch clock that is coming in next year? Um, so I'm going to take Kenley Jansen and I'm going to take him to Harvard square and we're going to play speed chess, which is not something I've ever played at all. I don't know anything about chess really every now and again, every now and again, I'm like, it would be cool to, to know about chess. A lot of people seem to really think chess is good. There must be some value in there that I don't see it. So every now and again, I'll like play a few online games and try to get into chess and it never actually works. I don't know if Kenley Jansen is into chess either. And I don't really know how speed chess works, but I'm going to take him to Harvard Square on those tables that are outside, play a little speed chess, and try to get him to pick up his pace a little bit. 
But having said that, I don't even know if we actually need to be concerned about this. It seems like the type of thing where he's like, yeah, it's fine. I'll, I'll just, I'll just pitch two seconds faster. It won't be, won't be an issue. I am an avid speed chess player. I haven't played much recently, but there were years where on the phone I played, you know, there, there are different lengths of games, uh, where each side gets a certain amount of time. I was playing three minutes aside. Uh, the real fast ones where you get one minute aside or even 30 seconds. But it would have to be 30 seconds to, to at least somewhat mimic the, the pitch clock. No, I'm talking about so he's gotta get good. I'm talking about the whole game. You get 30, 30 seconds what? to make all your moves. Yeah, there, there's, there's games like that. And that when I say a three-minute game, I have three minutes to make all my moves. Seriously? I did not realize. I thought you meant three minutes to make each move. That's oh, no. how fast it goes? It's a three-minute game. Well, so it's a six-minute game. Blitz is three minutes or five minutes, typically five minutes, three minutes for uh, shorter, and then bullet is one minute. Holy shit. Okay. So this is really good for, for pitch clock training. He's got to learn to think on his feet. So I look exactly. So I looked up my as we were doing this on Lie Chess, which is an app. The time I've spent playing over the course of my life, I've been using this app for a few years. I haven't again, I've played much recently, it's two months. Like, if you were to stack up all the time I've played, it would be I would be sitting in front of the phone for two months straight without sleeping. So I've played a lot of speed chess. Yeah, I guess so. Jeez. So my next one uh, is, I've mentioned the rock climbing gym, mm-hmm. and I would like to enter a Paris competition. Oh, we didn't discuss that. Hold we didn't on. discuss the rock climbing. We'll, we'll get to it. Okay. We'll get to it. I want to enter a Paris competition at my rock climbing gym, and I want to bring Chris Sale. Mm. Does he have, is that a rock tall, climber's body? Tall and lanky and skinny? I guess it does, right? You, gotta, you need that reach. Because... I'm talking about bouldering where the walls are like 12 feet high. Mm-hmm. He would need to climb like three. I would need to climb all the way up to the top. He's put just my hands up. up. Yeah. He could get the initial holds, go up the next hold and then just touch the top. Yeah. And be done. Okay. Have and you considered boom, the fact, have you considered the fact that he would get on the rock and immediately fall off and break six different bones in his body and then not pitch again for 18 months? Of course, but I want to just, he's going to get hurt some way. So hopefully I could benefit from it. And get hurt with if, you. If we did yeah. this and get lots of cred at the gym. Not because he's Chris Sale. I don't think anyone there cares, but because no. I did well. And then like maybe some of the people who work there who are like these nice little fit women climbing up. They're like, oh, that guy must be cool because he won the thing. And someone else be like, but really the tall guy did it. Like, yeah, but he knows the tall guy. So there you go. It's all, it's all for me. Okay. But you went to the climbing gym. How was it? I did. So I, I went, I mean, I really, I was really there to take my son who's almost six years old. Cause he told me it was good for kids. Um, <clears throat> and it was interesting. So I went, I, I, we didn't do the bouldering. We did the, the th- what do they call it? The auto belays. Auto belay, that, yeah. 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 So it's like, you know, there's, there's there was like a rope attached to the ceiling and it, and it, it, it catches six. you That's- as you come down. That's impressive if he wasn't scared to do that. Well, so here's the thing. So I got there and, and, and you know, I'd never done this, but I, I immediately recognized, I was like, okay, that's like, 
He's he's going to scramble up the walls, no problem. The problem is going to be coming down. So I got there and and we first started, and I was like, okay, let's let's before we try to go up to the top, let's just practice falling a little bit. So I would just lift him up, you know, to the height of my head, and say, jump off and see what it feels like. And so he would jump. He had no problem jumping from there. He jumps off and he's like, oh, it slows you down. That's that's cool. I didn't know that. Um, so he, so we practiced that a couple of times and then he just started scrambling up and he was totally fine with it. He was, he loved coming down. It was like his favorite part. So we're there and, and, and I haven't done any of it yet. And it, cause most of I'm just watching him and eventually he's like, daddy, let's race. So I'm like, okay. So, so we get up, we, you know, we, we get on different, what do you call them? Runs, routes, courses, whatever courses next to each other. Roots. Roots. Um, so we get on the roots and we go up and I obviously let him win because I'm not some psychopath college football coach of a dad who's like trying to teach him a lesson. So I let him win um, and he gets to the top and he comes on down and I get to the top and I get to the top and I realize, oh, shit, I didn't practice falling down off this wall yet. And I'm probably I mean, I probably was I don't know, 15 feet in the air, like maybe 20. I don't know. Probably not even that high. It's hard to tell when the, with these indoors, it's like it's hard to judge height. Um, and I was like looking down and I'm like, okay. I'm like, I know how this works. I know if I just jump off the rock, the rope will catch. But I really don't want to do it. <laughs> so it's like I, a trust fall. It's like a trust fall with a machine. Trust fall, yeah. And so I started, I started climbing down and my son's like, daddy, you could just jump, you know? And I'm like, I know, I know. I'm just experimenting or whatever, just trying. To... And eventually I climbed down to like a level of like six or eight feet and I jumped from there. And then I did do like the practice jumps just to get used to it. I do. I don't, I don't use the auto blade very often, but when I do, I do the same thing. I start climbing down and then eventually I'm like, all right. No, I just can do, do it. it. Yeah, just just do it. Well, it's not that I can. I know I can. It's just yeah. once it's you, unnatural. You're in the air. It's so unnatural, and and it's not just you're not just going down, but you're supposed to like push back and down. It's terrifying. It really is. I mean, once I got the courage to do it, it's kind of fun. It's kind of actually like like maybe the most fun part of it. Yeah, coming down and and you know kicking your legs off the wall and stuff. But yeah, man. It was terrifying, but he loved it. He had a great time the whole time. He, he wants to go again. Yeah. I, uh, well, one thing I've said about the climbing gym, which the reason I like lost a lot of my climbing skills was COVID because it closed everything. But on top of that, you could hardly create a better COVID vector than the climbing gym. Yeah. Coincidentally, two weeks ago, I went to the climbing gym three days in a row. And what <laughs> happened to me? Several oh, days after that, yeah, I got the novel coronavirus. <laughs> I am pretty sure that's where I got it from. I will yeah. go back. I haven't yet. Yeah, yeah, that probably right. is where it came from. All right, you can round us out. All right, last one. Okay, um, Justin Turner. I was thinking of something with him. I couldn't figure it out. I was doing something well, Game of Thrones related, but mm, you know. here's here's what we're doing with Justin Turner. Um. He's walking into my office and I am just like Robin Williams in Goodwill Hunting, throwing a jacket over my shoulder and I'm saying, Justin, come with me. And he's going to follow me and we're going we're gonna to go to the public garden and we're going to sit on the same bench that Robin Williams and Matt Damon sat on filming that scene. And I'm going to say, Justin, 
you can't wear number two. What the hell are you doing here, buddy? You can't do this. You didn't wear it in LA. You you were an all-star for years in LA wearing number 10. You haven't worn number two for a decade. You can't do this. What are you doing? And we're going to have a serious heart-to-heart and get to the bottom of what exactly the hell he thinks he's doing. I'm sorry. This this I know there's a lot of people on Twitter who are like, who cares about this? This really pisses me off. And I also just don't get it. Like, how, why is he doing it? Doesn't Shouldn't he know better than this? It's, I don't even know. It's, it's weird. Um, Maybe he hates Bogarts. Is there like some beef between the two of them? And he's like, fuck you, I'm taking your number. My only counterpoint is that the whole reason Bogarts wore number two was because of Jeter anyway. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that always didn't bother me. So it's already tainted, but I agree with you. Mine is similar. Um, it's not a player, and I'm cheating here. And this is less a hang than for my own edification. I want to take High and Bloom to a CIA black site, and I want the truth. <laughs> and we'll get the truth. The, the I don't know truth. how we'll get it. We'll get it. The, we'll get the truth. <laughs> The truth about whose call the Mookie trade was, and then Everything. you can finally I move it on with your life. I want it all. You want it I all. just want all of it. I and guess think... what? In this being a CIA black site, we will get things that are not the truth that are still actionable. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's the problem. Torture does not work. There's there's lot, loads and loads of research supporting the fact that he's just going to tell you whatever you want to hear. He's just going to be like, yes, you're right. John Henry ordered me to trade Mookie. Yes, you're right. I don't believe in Xander Bogarts as a defensive shortstop starting two seasons from now. I'll take that risk. Okay. Do you know where any of the black sites are? If I knew, they would have one around the corner. Why would they? Well, I don't know. I don't know who you're rock climbing with. (laughs) There you go. You know who I'm not rock climbing with is Chris Sale, unfortunately. All right. That was a good draft. I like it was that. a good draft, yeah. I really, I think Kike the Cassis and Lee thing is so incredible. So is yeah. Kike and B-Town. Both of those two things are just, I would, it would be amazing. Yeah. Let's, uh, so, we'll, let's reach out to Bill. Bill Lee would come on our show. He's not doing anything else. He loves to just talk. We'll reach out to Bill Lee and we'll talk to him and then we'll propose this and he'll reach out to Cassis. Cassis won't. He won't return our calls, but he'll return Bill Lee's calls. He doesn't know who Bill Lee is. Yeah, he probably doesn't. (laughs) Does anyone other than Red Sox fans over the age of 30 know who Bill Lee is? Because I obviously didn't even, like, I didn't even see him play, obviously. But I still know, but he was still, like, when we were kids, he was still, like, this cultural ghost, I feel like. Yeah, and I think that he was things that make him charming to us today, the acute political takes that Mm -hmm. smart were I think turned off a lot of people in the past. Yeah. And oh he would be he would be massive today in today's game. It's uh it's great. Anyhow. Let's move on to our next segment. Uh, I don't have a mortal enemy this week. We're, what we're going to do a is enemy? Okay. what we're going to do, and this title is something we Okay, well, <laughs> we're going to do uh, divorced dad uh, action of the week. Oh, okay. This is this, this going to be is this going to be depressing as shit? Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> but not the way you suspect. Uh-huh. Um, and it may you may not talk to me anymore. 
and I understand it. I fully understand. It. So as as you know, I had COVID. Yeah. Did you intentionally give it to your ex-wife? Is that where we're going with this? No. Uh, no, that would have been very, very stupid of me because someone needs to watch the kids. <laughs> uh, and she, credit to her, stepped up, took the kids. It's all fine. I just took them for one extra day this week. But I had to go. I had to get provisions. So I masked up, went to the store. I don't have a coffee maker, Dan. Mm, okay. That's an either. oversight. I've been living off donkeys and Trader Joe's. French press. That's all you need. I know. I know. I've had them in the past. I've had every different coffee maker you had in the past. But I was like, well, I'm going to need coffee and I can't be around people. You don't have coffee in your house? Well, I do now, Dan. But it's instant coffee. <laughs> I'll I've, been, I've been drinking instant coffee for a week. I'm actually, I'm not going to. Is this the, this is the confession? They've been drinking instant coffee? I think it's been a while since you had instant coffee. It probably is. It probably is. I was a late coffee drinker in life. <clears throat> like I never, uh, you know, I went all through college without drinking it. Um, but here's why I'm not going to hate on you. You're probably right. That probably is terrible. But what got me into coffee is that my first job out of college, um, in that particular job, I spent a ton of time in Hampton Inns and Hilton Garden Inns um, and frequently was up very early in a way that I obviously wasn't used to being in college. Um, so I just, all of a sudden I was just like, well, I guess I'm tired of shit and I got to go work and it's, it's four 30 in the morning and I'm in like Sandusky, Ohio. I guess I got to get a cup of coffee, but I, you know, wasn't, I didn't know anything about coffee yet and I didn't have that much money. So I'm just passing through the lobby of the Hampton Inn and just grabbing their instant coffee. And so like for two years, that's what, that was my introduction to coffee entirely was Hampton Inn instant coffee, whatever they have. So I don't think, uh, so I'm not, I mean, yeah, I, I haven't had it in years, <laughs> obviously now. And now, and now I drink so much coffee, you wouldn't believe it. But um, yeah, I'm not going to hate on instant coffee just because it's uh, it's very open-minded of you. And yeah. I got to say, uh, I A, enjoy sort of a crappy cup of coffee, obviously. And B, the economics of it are insanely good. Yeah. I still don't have enough of a refined palate. I was at, uh, just just last week, I was at a coffee shop in downtown Boston. Shout out to Agawa Coffee, which is a Japanese chain. Um, and I bought, uh, so I ordered, I, I'd heard of the AeroPress coffee that people really love that. So I ordered an AeroPress black coffee from Ogawa. It cost like seven bucks for some reason. And it took them like 10 minutes to get it to me. And I will say like, it's certainly, it's certainly tasted, it tasted drastically different than even what I make at home with. Now I just like, I, now I just, I buy beans, I grind them in the morning, I do a French press. It tasted drastically different than that. It was just, it was smoother, but like, I don't know if I, like, I don't know if I, it didn't like open my eyes to a new world of coffee. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. It's, it's fine. It's not worth seven fifty or whatever I paid for it. Seven, seven dollars and 50 cents plus a 10 minute wait to get it. Um, so I don't think even as much as I am a coffee drinker, I'm not sure how refined of a coffee drinker I am yet. Yeah. I used to work right around the corner from the Ace Hotel and they had, I think it was blue bottle, but it was something similar. And 
when I go there and get espressos, I mean, obviously they were incredible. I can remember what they tasted like and how they tasted different. But as you, someone who drank Hampton Inn coffee and I'm drinking instant, like I don't care enough. And like, yeah, look, I don't I'm from either. Southeastern yeah. Massachusetts, we're men of the sand. We are. Right? <laughs> we are, yep. We're men of the grit and sand. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind it. And since you don't have a recommendation, here is my recommendation. Actually, wait, I will recommend Ogawa coffee real quick to people listening in Boston, even though it's expensive as shit is some of the coffee. Not all of it is. Some of it's reasonably priced. It's a cool spot in general. And they have they have stadium seating um, because it's really small. So there's only a few tables. But their solution to that was to build like basically bleachers on one wall. So you can climb up and sit and you're sitting like 10 feet high up above the store. It's like kind of cool. It's a good safe. It's a, you know, not, not surprising. It's a Japanese brand that they found a way to, to squeeze something into a small area. Um, so yeah, Ogawa coffee. It's uh, right around the corner from the uh, old South meeting house. Go check it out. Well, I'll, I'll give a fine. Then I will mention that the best cup of coffee I've ever had was diner coffee at Kane's diner in college point Queens. I was there with two of my friends, something about, this single pot of coffee was the three of us talk about it to this day. This is diner coffee, but it was perfect. It was the absolute per, And we just, to this day, every cup of coffee we have, if one of us has something similar, we say, Oh, this is like Kansas. Incredible. But my recommendation to somebody is to make an instant coffee that doesn't taste like garbage because it still won't taste great, <laughs> but it could taste better. Does anyone, I mean, I, I think the market for it's just tanked. There's no economic incentive. It's just you. It's just divorced dads with COVID. Well, I think 80, 80 year olds also. Like that's. Yeah, that's true. That's probably true. Yeah. yeah I am. Too. I am well below the age. Threshold. I can't believe you don't. So you start every morning and you're like in your house and you're getting dressed and you're not doing it with a cup of coffee because you have to well, go out now. to, you are now, but like well, just but- for. Well, I have to walk the dog first thing in the morning and the Dunkin' Donuts uh, is right there. So, you can, so I've been, okay, okay, those two things right. have dovetailed. Yeah. Also, I've had... But you've only Trader had a dog Joe's. for a couple of months. What were you doing before? But before that, I had the Trader Joe's uh, cold brew. Mm. And so I would just have that. But eventually it was like, you know what's nice? Hot coffee. Yeah. Especially in the winter. Yeah. Dude, and, French press. It's like, it's like 20 bucks. Just get one. No, you know what I like? The little... Uh, my Dominican roommate had it and I call it a Dominican coffee maker. I don't know if it is, but it's silver and it's got like a part you screw on the top, screw on the bottom. You fill the bottom with water. Mm-hmm. There's a place to put the beans in or the ground coffee in and it just cooks straight. It's like the, a very cheap way to make an espresso product. Yeah. This, this is, it's Italian. It's I think you're describing the, I think it's the Belletti or something. It has yes. like the black arm. Yeah. It. That like yeah yeah that's a that's yeah it's like an Italian like Trevor Story espresso. he's got the black yes. cast on yes. that's what he was doing he was cosplaying as an Italian espresso maker. I think that that will wrap up this uh, edition of the Over the Monster podcast. Uh, not so. least wise because the same son who had me climb the tower in Zelda is now yelling at me for lunch, <laughs> so he's gonna eat. Go Man. feed that boy. See you later, Sam. Sam, can you say goodbye to the audience? He says goodbye. <laughs> I say goodbye. Dan Kitt says goodbye. We will be Take back care. soon. Talk to you again. Bye.